0: Well, hello friends. This is an Unboxing God bonus episode with me, McCall. If you've been a living, breathing human over the last seven days, then you're probably aware of the nationwide protests in the United States that have actually spurred protests around the world against police brutality in light of the horrific murder of George Floyd by the officers of the Minneapolis Police Department. I know some of you may be a bit shocked by my choice of words, and I am usually dramatic. Perhaps you're feeling that I am rushing to judgment. But I honestly believe that this is the most accurate way to describe what we've all seen, or at least had the opportunity to see for ourselves on cell phone and security camera footage captured during the act itself. This week has been an agonizing struggle for our country to try yet again to come to terms with our racial history and the system of racism embedded within the fabric of our nation that has led from the writing of slavery into the Constitution to this very moment in time. I wanted this week's episode to reflect the spirit of what we're witnessing right now, but I also knew that my voice as a white woman was not the one I needed to amplify. Instead, I determined that it was more important for me to provide my platform, as small as it may be, to my Black friends to share their experience, strength, and hope. But I was also extremely cognizant of the fact that I didn't want to push the emotional work of race relations onto my friends of color, especially during this time when so many are already stressed out and emotionally taxed. Let me be as blunt as I possibly can. Whites Designed and created the current system over centuries to benefit whites over non-whites. And it is our responsibility to work to dismantle this system and replace it with one that truly values the lives of black people and other minority races. So there's this overwhelming desire to confront the moment at hand, versus a competing desire to listen over speaking, versus a sensitivity to requesting Black voices to do the work of both speaking and confronting at once, while also feeling these protests in a way that I don't think my experience provides for me. What is a podcast hostess supposed to do? Ultimately, I left it up to Waldo and decided to reach out to a number of black friends and ask if any of them might be willing to share how their race has impacted, or not, their relationship with the God of their understanding. Today, we will be hearing from three of those people. First, Mallory, a black man from Los Angeles, and Shantae from Atlanta, who actually provided a written response, which will be read by little old white me, Finally, I recorded an interview with Ashley. She's from Detroit. Unfortunately, the audio of our interview is, well, pretty bad. (laughs) But the conversation felt too important to just omit entirely. So if you do stick around after the end of this bonus episode, you will get to hear the full 26-minute bit-garbled interview. And now, without further ado, here's Mallory to kick us off.
1: Hi listeners, um, my name is Mallory, I'm 36 years old, I'm an African-American man, and I live in Los Angeles, California. Uh, I'm thankful to McCall for her asking me to participate in her podcast and on this episode in particular, and I'll just dive into the topic at hand, which is race. And the question that McCall posed to me was, how does my walk in the world as a black man um, shape my relationship with a god of my understanding and i think that's a really wonderful topic Um, i don't speak for the entire african-american community i can really only share my story and my experiences um in answering that question um the best way that i've found to organize it is to talk about the four different gifts that god has given me over my life as it relates to my understanding of Him and my understanding of race. Uh, So gift number one is that God has shown me that kindness has no particular color. And that started in my childhood. I am from a black family, obviously, uh, and my parents did well to provide, um, but we unfortunately had alcoholism in the home when I was growing up. and my parents are kind of old school and tough love and that's was the character of my family and my extended family as well that we've got a, a, a family that's full of tough love and not a lot of compassion sometimes and there could be things that were said or done that really hurt your worth. Uh, I went to school obviously and I had a hard time befriending other black children because I wasn't quote unquote black enough. I didn't walk the right way or talk the right way or listen to the right type of music or wear the right kind of clothing and they didn't like me and they thought I was like better than them or something or that I thought I was better than them and I ended up being bullied a lot by other black kids so I ended up making friends with white children and we had good times and good memories but as we got older it started to become apparent that um my white friends would say jokes and and make comments that were racist in nature and condescending in nature. And they didn't understand that what they were doing, what they're saying was inappropriate. And I ended up uh, finding a, another social circle through church. And it puzzled me because it was a predominantly black church that I grew up in. But because of these other traumas that were happening in my childhood, I didn't quite understand how to receive the love of black people who weren't trying to be condescending. They were only trying to build me up. Uh, and looking back on it now, it's actually a little bit funny. But that was also in my childhood was just this lack of feeling in my own safe in my own skin, even in church. So what that led me to was a very youthful and instinctive understanding of God. But that was the first gift that God gave me through all of that difficulty is that Kindness, again, kindness is not guaranteed to come from a certain color. So just because I'm black doesn't mean all black people are going to try to build me up. It doesn't mean all white people are trying to tear me down or vice versa. Um, The second gift that I received or have learned in my life as it relates to race and being black and having God in my life is that I have a choice. I graduated college in 2007. It's now 2020. So that's given me 13 years. You know of being a black man in this world and there's not enough time for all the stories and all the context of them but you know I've had white friends who have lied to me and betrayed me and uh, you know friends that always try to offer to pay for things because they don't think I have money uh, I had a sales manager one time who happened to be white uh, and we were part of a sales team and we would listen to music in the morning this man pulled $100 bills out of his pocket and wanted me to dance in front of our sales team. And and there's more that goes with that story, but that's something that happened. He offered me money to, to dance in front of people. Um, you know, and I've, I've been somebody who's dated outside of my race and I've had really tough and brutal breakups that really have left me shaken and and questioning myself worth. But I get back to gift number two, the greatest thing that God has given me is a choice that's the second gift and having a God of my understanding and having a higher power helps me to to say, okay, do you want to believe in the narrative that the world wants to say that racism has existed forever, which it has, and that you're going through these situations with people because you're black or do you want to choose the lens of looking at it as being a child of God, that because you're working and striving towards a certain kindness in your heart, the world's going to be difficult. That's a great choice to be able to have. And as an African-American man, that helps me keep my sanity, that I can look through the lens of saying, hey, it's about us being children of God. And if somebody is difficult towards me, that I don't immediately go down a rabbit hole of saying it's because of American racism, but instead I can look at them as a child of God and say, maybe they're not in tune with their higher power. And maybe they have anger and resentment in their heart that they've not worked out. And that's what leads to them treating me a certain way. I do want to make a point uh, that I, I'm not making this just about black and white. I mean, I, I have interacted with many other shades of people in my life, but the examples I brought up were have been primarily about white people. And I think that's just because of the context we're in right now and the current uh, events that that just took place. So I just wanted to say that. Um, The third gift that I've received from God as it relates to race is this idea that your gifts of service to God and to mankind can transcend race. I've been lucky enough to find a passion and a calling in life that I am a photographer and I'm a pretty decent one, but it's all at the hand of God that I've found myself in professional photography situations, jobs that I've been paid for where I've had the opportunity to meet celebrities and Grammy award winners and former first ladies of the United States of America uh, and other politicians, and and it's blown my mind. And the narrative that you could place on trying to be out in the world as a creative professional or any type of professional being Black is that, hey, it's going to be very difficult for you because you're Black, and there's truth to that. But again, the gift that God has given me is this miraculous set of circumstances and stories that say, Hey, if you just find your purpose and get into alignment with it, God can open up the doors of possibility and opportunity for you. And that could easily transcend race. So the last gift that I will speak of and wrap up with is gift number four, doing the spiritual work on myself can change the world that I walk in, and again, transcend race. I do participate in a 12-step program, and what it's opened up for me is something that I've believed in all my life. Do you ever notice that when you're in a hurry, the traffic is at its greatest? There's so many more cars on the road when you have to get somewhere in a hurry. You ever also notice that, man, none of these people know how to drive when you're in a hurry? I take that idea and I apply that to my own life and I say, if I have anger and resentment, and I'm not forgiving people in my heart, I notice that the world is a much more difficult place to walk in. And again, it's a gift from God to start to understand that and start to do the spiritual work on myself because it takes the narrative out of my head that I might encounter difficulty in the world simply because I'm black. No, I, I look in the mirror first uh, and I say, It's me. I have to work on myself and alleviate the pain in my own life. That way I can have a much easier and better walk. So I will wrap up and I will say that my walking experience in the world as a black man, overall, any difficulties that I've run into, and I have run into difficulties, what that does to shape my relationship with my higher power and the God of my understanding is that it makes it so much stronger. Anytime i bump into something in the world that hurts my feelings, all it does is bounce me back to God and to these four gifts that I've learned throughout my life that kindness is not about color, that I get a choice to choose what narrative I want to believe in, and I choose the narrative of being a child of God. It's also bounced me back to the gift that if I stay in my purpose and stay in my gifts, God will lift me up. And it's also bounced me back to the gift that If I do the spiritual work on myself, my walk in the world is going to be a much easier and better experience. So I hope that that spoke to somebody, and I hope that gave somebody uh, some insight or or lifted their spirits in some way. Thanks for listening to my story.
0: This next piece that I'm going to read was written by a friend of mine, Shantae, and she is from Atlanta, Georgia. She wrote... Throughout history, there have been many times where we've seen black people get the very end of the stick. The enslavement and oppression of our people has had a lasting effect on our minds and family dynamics, mostly due to systematic oppression. We get told to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. But how can we when the system is literally designed to keep black people down? We've had to fight for civil rights, and today, We're still fighting for basic human rights and respect. Systematic oppression is alive and very real in the United States. I pray that will change. With all the people in the world coming together right now, joining blacks in the fight for equality, I know God must be smiling down on us. Watching his children hold hands and fighting to rid this world of hatred must be a beautiful sight for him to see. I'm not a religious person, but I am spiritual. I'm very big on faith and my personal relationship with God. Faith is believing. Faith is trusting in God. Faith gives us strength to get through the hard times. Faith, a good heart and a great attitude. We basically laugh to keep from crying. We dance and sing to lift our moods. In addition, we pray. Personally, my belief in God, the Creator, is what gets me through. No matter what, I know that God always has my back. He didn't put me here to suffer, and I remind myself that He will never lead me astray. Even at times when I can't understand why God is doing something, I do my best to just trust Him. He always has a reason. Based on my experience, I know this for a fact. I may not figure it out or understand right away, but in due time, the reason will reveal itself, and I'm always grateful for the lessons learned. I believe every day. I have faith every day. God brings blessings, purpose, and favor into my life every day. Thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode. As a reminder, please stick around for my interview with Ashley B from Detroit. It's coming right after this. And see you next week for another full episode of Unboxing God with me, McCall. Bye.
2: My name is Ashley Biggs. I currently live in Clarkston, Michigan. Um, originally from Detroit, Michigan, so I'm living about 35, 40 minutes outside of the city. Um, and I would have to say race has it's a mix of heavily impacted and indifferent. And um, growing up when it came to religion, my mother was um, like Mother Teresa. <laughs> so we were in church. It felt like every day. So Sundays all day, Bible studies on Tuesday, choir rehearsals after that, youth choir rehearsals Saturday, and it was non-negotiable. So even my friends, you know, they spent the night at the house or whatever. They had to have church clothes because we were going (laughs) to church on (laughs) Sunday. You didn't have a choice. But I will say it was very different when I became older because... You know, the church I went to was predominantly African-American. So we did have other ethnicities that went to the church. They were maybe like 1%. We were the 99. And when I went to high school, and went to college, and I realized, oh, white people go to church? <laughs> I didn't, honestly didn't think they went to church <laughs> growing up. And um, I had a friend... When I was younger, whose mother was atheist, but they, it was like one of my best friends. They were like one of the the best family, you know, that would look after me. My mom was, you know, something like that, but they did not believe in God. um Well, I'll take that back. The husband did, but the mother did not. So that was a struggle even growing up because when I'm a kid, you know, you're like, oh, we're going to church and. You know, my friend would get upset, like, oh, God's gonna fix it. And like, well, I don't believe in God, you know, and all that. So, <clears throat> Needless to say, now that friend's an adult and she's a full blown Christian now. So, you know, it's crazy how things turn around um, like a 180, you know, that way. I don't think, I know when we spoke before, uh, we talked about, you know, do all Black people go to church? um in answer is no. You know, I have friends who uh don't believe in God at all. You know, they're like a spiritual level, you know, what the earth gives and what we try to give to it. Um I have other friends that are muslims. <laughs> um uh, some friends that are even uh were maybe raised catholic, but now they don't go go to church at all. So I don't think it's a, a racist it's just I think part of it is raised. Right. and if you decide to you know to keep with your spirituality or religion or whatever you call it um and then some of it is they just don't there's no way people can understand that there's a higher power that um that regulates all of us which I which I do so some things that happen in life can can only be explained. Like, that it was God, at least to me in my experience.
0: Yeah, Ashley, I have the saying, "If it's too odd, it's God." That's <laughs> kind of how I how I differentiate. But you know, I grew up in a black neighborhood that and went to a Hebrew school at a at a synagogue. So the white people I saw were Hasidic Jewish. And, and looked obviously Jewish. I could tell by their clothes. And then the black kids from my neighborhood all went to church on Sunday. Uh, but the few white kids I knew did not go to church. And I remember in eighth grade, I ended up in a Catholic school. And I think that's when it really dawned on me that the images I had seen of at least Jesus we're all white mm-hmm. and that weirded me out because my understanding of geography and history is that where jesus was and came from and was born just technically scientifically his skin would not look like mine mm-hmm. how I did that did that ever cross your mind as a kid or did you ever wrestle with that or I wonder didn't,
2: i didn't wrestle with that until i got older and began to kind of read the Bible for myself, and you know the Bible states, you know, he has hair of like wool, skin of copper, and I'm like, that's not a white man, you know. <laughs> now, um, you know, and so, um, in in the church I grew up, we didn't have any images of God, or 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 what the world perceives ah. in God looks like. We didn't have those, images. but. um my pastor he just you know spoke what was in the in the word or in in the bible and so at that point I'm like hmm I said well maybe God looks like me or you know maybe God's a woman like who decided he had to be a man you know it's just different things you just think about you know as you get older but now as an adult I don't even think about you know God as like you know what he looks like—is he black, is he white, is he Arab, you know, or whatever? I just think about, hey, you know, this this person that has I've you know put my trust in many situations, and I've been able to, you know, continuously have faith, and, and he pulls me out of it. So now you were described to me; your
0: faith was described to me as so strong, and that you're. You are powerful because of your faith. And I was told that you have gotten through, in the recent years, some pretty hard experiences by leaning on the God of your understanding. Absolutely. I don't know. I wouldn't say I was powerful. <laughs> that you allowed God to be
2: powerful oh, in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I've been through a lot. You know, I'm I'm a, a, a survivor of rape. Um, recently my mother passed away in April. Um, My son has had some health challenges. Um, I've had some health challenges, just one thing after another. My dad died like two years ago. (laughs) Um, it's just been one thing after another, but I think for me, I've gotten to the point where I know everything that happens to me isn't about me. I know that, um... I, like, I have this saying that, you know, it's for my good and for his glory. And I, and I, when I say that, coming from a place of whatever you go through, it's never about you. It's for you to be able to testify to someone else who, who is going to go through the same thing and may not come off as strong as you. But once they hear your story and see that you came out on the other side, they're able to make it through. So that's kind of my mantra. It doesn't mean that I don't get upset or that I don't get angry, you know, at God or want to question him, you know, anything that I'm human. You know, I still have my moment, but I know at the end of the day, everything that happens is for a reason. And I'll be able to look back on it and not necessarily laugh, but be say, okay, I got through that too. So when I face another adversity, which we're all going to face one time or another, I can get through it. It makes it a little easier.
0: Um That sounds a lot like my mantra sometimes I use is what if
2: this is not happening to me, but happening for me. Absolutely. Yeah, and nothing ha- I don't I don't think anything happens by you know circumstance or or by coincidence everything has a purpose and it may not uh feel like it at times like oh my god, why am i going through this like i need some relief and um but once you get over that hump you know that initial woe is me you get back up and you're like okay i'm gonna just trust god because whatever his plan is is so much greater than the one that i so, I can't stay down. you know you, you just have to keep on keep on going and it doesn't mean you're not human it doesn't mean you can't cry. it doesn't mean any of that. it just means you know don't stay in that place because if you stay there too long, you're gonna miss whatever the blessing is. you know that that's meant for you and coming your way. all right,
0: my son and husband just did a bonus episode a couple of weeks ago about the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And that going through the, tr- the the challenge is how you get the reward mm-hmm. from the challenge. Absolutely. So I relate. Okay. I want to bring up something that is hard for me to bring up mm-hmm. as a white woman talking to a black woman mm-hmm. because of my own white fragility and fears of my internal prejudices. But. I think unless we talk about things we don't learn and we don't grow. Mm-hmm. So I trust you and I just want to put out there one of the things that has bothered me when trying to walk a mile in a person of color shoes along with the white Jesus idea is of course, individuals go through trials and tribulations and come out the other side. Uh, and we see that in our own personal lives and in each other's lives. But as a group of people defined by skin the injustices that the the righteous anger i feel about the injustice Mm -hmm. i have a hard time not looking to god and going what the dude (laughs) like (laughs) do you care like because you know i've read the bible i'm pretty familiar with the bible and i understand that jews were slaves and they were the chosen people, etc. But when I look at the in the, the general black experience in the world, and I think about songs that slaves sang to keep their hope and strength and faith up through the most arduous times, and to not be able to see that, blessing that's obvious on earth to look at white people and think they have the upper hand because of society and just questioning where god plays into that how do do you wrestle with that personally ever or do you have friends that wrestle with that is that even an issue in black faith communities
2: it's not an issue with people um that have strong faith in my opinion um, if you know the Bible in any capacity um, you know that God has done something similar like this before <laughs> he's you know he's He's in a way punished the world in some, in some form of, uh, or another so it's not that I think people are safe that we struggle with it, but we're kind of like, okay, God, whatever you need from from us, just tell us what it is, so we're tired, <laughs> you know, we're tired of seeing, you know, everybody else go through, but people that, I feel people that don't have the strongest faith or um, already have struggles with kind of believing God and wrestling with God and things like that, they're having a harder time they're like well you know God can do this why is he letting us go through you know why is he you know allowing um, black men and women to be shot and killed for no reason why is he allowing children to grow up in homes without parents like you know why is he doing that but the reality of it is sometimes he has to do things that may not seem right to get our attention I personally feel that it's time for us to um, draw closer to him versus questioning why everything is going on it's not to say that the racial and social justice isn't, isn't right or we shouldn't protest, we shouldn't fight we shouldn't you know do any of that but i i'm just a firm believer that when everything is going awry there's a reason there's a reason why, and it makes me personally look at myself to self say, What am I missing? You know, what am I not doing so I can fix it? Because maybe if I change myself, then he'll stop this. You know, hit the, the world can change and we won't have to go through this anymore. So, I won't say that I struggle, me personally. I don't struggle with it. A lot of my friends that are deep in faith and religion and things like that, they're not necessarily struggling with it, but we're kind of, a lot of us are just kind of like, okay, God, we get it now. Like, come on and heal the world. (laughs) We're not going to, it's like, we're not questioning him. We don't really, in some ways, we kind of understand why he's doing it. But, um, it's like, okay, what do you need from us so we can So we can get past this. Because we know you're a healer. You've done it before. We know you'll do it again. But what has gotten you so upset this time that we really need to pay attention and fix that?
0: When I was in my late teens, I started exploring different spiritual paths and... One of the paths I took was directly related to my ethnicity and my even small amount of American Indian heritage. And I looked into American Indian culture and and how they prayed, worshipped, what they believed. Have you ever gone through that looking past American Christianity and faith into whether it's African, Or have you ever explored kind of the root of your faiths?
2: Not, no, not really. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation among the African-American community lately about um, spirit and ancestors. And um, sage has been a big, like, topic. You know, people that burn sage because you know, you get sage to clear out any evil spirits and things like that. Um, I never really strayed away from like the traditional Baptist slash non denominational um religion for the most part. I kind of stayed close to that, but there was a huge gap of maybe like a year when I didn't go to church at all. Um, I didn't, you know, go to Bible study. I didn't read the Bible as much as I, you know, did previously. Um and and during that time I didn't really experience anything. I think I just was tired of going to church. So it's like I'm done going to church. And I would say during that year, um, that's when I kinda got introduced to, you know, being one with the earth and you know, just putting out what you want to get back and, you know, putting things in the universe and things like that. And I don't think that's necessarily a denomination. It's just kind of positive thinking. So I still do that now, you know, just um, even when I'm talking to my son about, you know, you have to put out what you want to get back. But um, I will say in that year, that was probably one of the years in my life that was really tough. And I attribute that to not to kind of cutting off that connection that I had um, to the church, and then the moment I went back to church, things started falling into place. Hmm.
0: Now the church you go to now, what's the what's the racial split?
2: Um, it is still predominantly African American. Um, I I guess you could still consider my church to be a mega church. Um. We have about, I want to say, thirty five hundred members, Wow. And, I mean, I've probably seen maybe a hundred white people, or or, or other ethnicities okay. for that matter. Um, but you know, we're all inclusive. Like we don't shut, you know, shut people out or anything. But, um, but yeah, it's still predominantly African American.
0: And have you had the experience of going to a church that is predominantly white or another Asian? Yep. Or? So
2: I, um, when we first moved back to Michigan, because we lived in Nashville for several years. And when we first moved back to Michigan, I was struggling with, you know, trying to find a church and something close to home and all that. So I tried some different churches in, my, in the area that I live in, which is predominantly Caucasian. And um, I actually enjoyed, you know, worshiping with you know that demographic because it was mixed I and mean, it was predominantly Caucasian but there were some Asians there were some um Arab Indians and things like that and I enjoyed the service I think I was just used to the hand clapping, foot stomping shouting running around the church <laughs> whatever um but I mean I enjoyed it because of uh because of the convenience because a lot of times with African-American churches will be in church all day all day long like everything just takes forever <laughs> so i enjoyed that i could go to church at nine and be in the current ten so i went there for a while but i just never felt completely connected like everybody was friendly no one did anything wrong but i still it was it was certain things that i still wanted and i think it's just from, from my upbringing that i was like i don't i could i don't think I could be a member here I could definitely come and visit again and you know volunteer when they had uh, activities and things like that but they're just hurting me just gonna still want a little bit of, of what I had when I was a, a kid so um, never made a and, and
0: the things you mentioned were all day <laughs> foot stomping <laughs> hand clamping and dancing yeah, around. all day <laughs> did yeah. I get that right? <laughs>
2: So churches started like ten o'clock. It'll be like one o'clock when we get out of church. But it's and you missed yeah, that, and it wasn't every Sunday. But sometimes you know the, the the choir may sing something that gets the you know the the spirit really high and the Holy Ghost will come through, or you know the pastor may say something that really resonates with the people. And then like the church I go to, if you know people are just we call it we call it getting happy. You know, when the, when the when the Holy Ghost comes, huh, to I love in. that. So people would yeah. get happy. And my pastor, he's like, "Go ahead. You know, we don't have to have the sermon today. You know, the sermon has already gone forth because you know God is here, the Spirit is here, and they'll just go." And oh, I, it's wow. something about allowing people to have that relief. You know, sometimes people just need to get that out, and and I'm and it's just something I'm used to because sometimes I just need to run you know sometimes I just need to get happy yeah get that out so um so yeah
0: (laughs) that's really interesting because that one of my core tenets of belief is that structure must submit to spirit absolutely and one of the things that has always not felt authentic to me in a in a very white church setting is how boxed in it is. And my podcast is called unboxing God because it is my exploration through taking the God of my understanding out of a box that other people have, I've allowed other people to mm-hmm. put God in and white churches feel very buttoned up there. Yes. And I always feel a little uncomfortable. I don't know the right words or where I'm supposed to, what it's called, genuflex or whatever, and cross and touch my head and my stomach and my shoulders (laughs) and peace be with you all. Like, I get very inside my head instead of out of myself and into Mm -hmm. God. And I have gone to many Black Baptist charismatic churches, you know, very, where... To a, a young white girl, it feels like James Brown is <laughs> pre- preaching, yeah. and it is exciting. And it you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know how long it's going to mm-hmm. go on. And that I transcended my color and my worries and my ego in those environments more easily than I did growing up in you know like an Episcopalian mm-hmm. church. Yeah. so that's that's really interesting to me because that is also what attracts me to that kind of worship Yeah,
2: I think you just have to let people be free and, and, and like especially now with this pandemic because yesterday was probably the first time since I would say yeah since March um, our church had a, a drive-in service so you know because of course we're too big for us to really go into the building, but <clears throat> we had a drive-in service, and it was great, you know, just to be you know, there and see people.
0: And what'd you do? Did you sit yeah, we in your cars in, and listen yeah, we to the service? In the
2: car. It was like the drive-in movie, so they had three jumbotrons set up, and oh, wow. you could just tune your radio to a certain station, and you can watch the service, and um, and listen to it in your car, or if you didn't want to listen to the car, they have speakers and stuff, so you can hear everything. And it was pretty cool just to be there on the ground and just seeing, you know, the pastor and his wife and, you know, people that you haven't been able to see, you know, in a, in a few months. So, you know, just to, to, to be there, you know, with, with that, it was, it was really great.
0: Now, were you able
2: to get happy? During that yeah. service? <laughs> so there were people, you know. I love that. around their cars or <laughs> honking the horns. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, just like expressing that. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. It was really cool.
0: <laughs> so if I come to your neck of the woods one day, will you take Absolutely. me to church? What church will uh, we go I
2: to? I Second Ebenezer Church. It's in Detroit, Michigan.
0: Fantastic. Well, if any listeners are listening anywhere near Detroit, Michigan, and want to go meet Ashley and get happy, now you know where to do that. Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and just meet me in a place of being real. I really You're appreciate welcome. you. No problem. I hope you have an
1: incredible, right, incredible you too. day.
2: You too. Take care. You